The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing? This is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I am joined this evening by a buddy from OTR Sports Online, Mr. Michael Perry. How you doing, Perry? I am doing well this evening. You sound very excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I can tell. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited this week because obviously uh, training camps are in, in, in uh, full swing, so we can talk about a ton of football. Uh, Philly's making a little run, so I, I definitely want to talk some Phillies because I, I know you're excited about one Mr. Carlos Ruiz right now. Uh, the catcher for the Phillies, Chooch, has been, uh, you know. Last night he hits he hits what turns out to be the game winning home run. He gets the uh he had a double. He actually had two doubles. He just got a little bit he got a little bit excited and tried to stretch one into a triple. And uh that didn't go so well. But you, you gotta give the guy credit, man. This guy's hitting two ninety eight and we were just talking beforehand. He's hitting two ninety eight. This is a career two fifty five hitter. Uh and it's not just that he's hitting two ninety eight, it's not just that he, he had some huge hits la- uh, last night, some huge hits in the last couple weeks. He's doing it when they need it so bad. I mean, no Howard, no Utley. Everybody seems to be hurt. No Victorino. This team needs guys like this to step up. I mean, Worth has been. You look at it. You look at Jason Worth's average, and you say, "Wow, he's doing all right." You know, hitting two ninety one, whatever it is. Then you see him with runners in scoring position, and it's like, man, this guy probably shouldn't be in the majors right now. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating. He's still a very good player. His average with running runners in scoring position is horrific. It's absolutely terrible. So really, your boy Chooch is, is what they got to rely on right now. Yeah, him and him and Abanez right now. It, it seems like they're in they're in this little streak. I mean, there's two guys in the lineup that just you know pound out hits, pound out RBIs during the game. It's not. It hasn't been a group effort. It's just two guys. Like one night, it's Ben Francisco going you know three yeah. for four. But you know, someone's stepping up each night, and that's what is making this run like a little bit more interesting because you don't have Utley, you don't have Howard, you don't have Victorino, yet this team keeps on winning. And and, and you got to say that, that that's the kind of the atmosphere that's in the clubhouse. You know, these guys know they're winners, and it's and it's you know, it's getting to the Ross Glodes, it's getting to the Valdezes. You know, who are these guys? <laughs> you know, and and you got to you got to give it to them. I mean. It, all season long, people just all you hear is complaining, complaining, complaining. You know about how the Phillies, but they've been banged up all year. It's tough to win when you know you have a different lineup every night. And to be where they're at right now, I mean, I would say that's that's one heck of a season so far. You, you do have to give them credit. Uh, I think the total number of games played in which they had Howard, Utley, and Rollins is like sixteen. 
you know, that's uh, that's tough to do when you don't you don't have your main guys. I mean, Rollins was on a tear earlier this season before he got hurt. I mean, since he's come back, he's uh, played good defense. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah, he's still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you know, you, you don't have a regular Rollins. And, you know, at some point, I think we have to all acknowledge this guy's on the downside. He's not ancient. His best years have to be behind him. And don't don't you think? Is it okay to say that out loud? Yeah, you can say that. I, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. But, I mean, he, he's been playing. He's, he's the last, what, three seasons. He's been pretty banged up. True. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. But that's um, what happens. You start getting older, you, you know, you get injured a little bit more frequently. It does happen, and this isn't a young Phillies team. I think when they won the World Series, I think a lot of people, uh, back in 2008, a lot of people referred to them like, oh, they got all these great kids. I'm like, they are kids. You know, Ryan Howard came up when he was 26 years old. Utley went to UCLA, so he lost out on valuable years. The fact that Don Brown is now up in this lineup at 22 years old is like nothing short of a, of a, of a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was listening to Ruben Frank and, and Glenn McNow yesterday on WIP, and they were talking about this first baseman who's been tearing the cover off the ball. They promoted him to Triple uh, I'm, I'm going to look on it for his name. Singleton? No, no, no. This is. Uh, this, I'm going to have to look for it. He just got promoted, and you know he can't feel the run, but the guy can hit. And he's 24 years old. And Ruben Frank said, "All right, you know, three more years, and the Phillies will be ready to bring him up." <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, but it's so true. You know, Jason Hayward, I'm, yeah, he's not a good example. He's 20 years old. You know, I, I know they, they weren't ready to bring him up yet, but it does seem like the Phillies uh, wait on, on some of their prospects. So guys like Utley and, and Howard maybe is a different case because the guy legitimately was blocked. They tried to get him to play the outfield. They tried anything to do other than first base because Jim Tommy was there. They couldn't get him up. But so my point being is this is not a bunch of kids out there other than Don Brown. Uh was Hamill's 25? Maybe yeah, they, 25. They, That was another player that they were able to bring up a little early, but, you know, Utley, they definitely waited on a little too long. I think we were getting impatient with the whole Utley thing about him. Uh, we can't play him against left-handers, you know. And Placido Polanco was the one that, you know, I, I had asked. I was like, why don't they trade him? And everyone looked at me like I was stupid, said, you can't just do that. You don't know what you have in Utley just yet. I was like, all right, well, whatever. And it turns out... <laughs> It was probably the right move to go to Utley. Um, but this is an older team. They are, they could break down. I mean, when you look at Howard, his injury is kind of a freak thing. You know, that, that stuff, you know, he's probably reaching the point of breaking down soon. So this team needs to win it. They do need to win now. And, and you've got to give Ruben Amaro credit. We can, we can kill him on the Cliff Lee trade. He goes out and gets Roy Oswalt. Here's the bigger question, though. Well, Roy Oswalt, very sharp last night. Man, he's got some. He's got some really filthy pitches. Hamels has been brilliant uh, almost all year. Roy Halladay's Roy Halladay. The starting pitching's there. It's not a problem. They've found ways to get runs. Well, except for like a month or two in there where it was boy, it was brutal. Is this bullpen? Does it even matter if the lineup? You love you love their bullpen. <laughs> I, 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 I was I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up. I was like Micah, you know. <laughs> The the way that we're going to win this is through our solid bullpen. <laughs> bullpen, it is airtight is the word that keeps. That's the phrase that keeps coming up when I think of uh, of the Phillies bullpen. But is it? I mean, did, did you watch the game last? I think you watched last night, Terry. Right? I watched the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dennis Baez comes in. I mean, he's like he's like the white flag. He and Herndon are the white flags 
It's like, all right, it's it. I can't take anymore. You just, just get out there. Just do something. They're awful. They're absolutely awful. And what are you, what are you going to do if you're playing, you know, the Cardinals? Or you're playing somebody in, in the postseason. Let's say you end up with the Yankees again in the World Series. And, and you get seven strong out, out of Oswald. It might not even matter. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I you gotta just push J.C. Romero away from getting into these games. Oh. I cannot stand him. I, you, you know who I, I like? Durbin. I, 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 like like Durbin. Durbin. I like Durbin. Um, you know, kind of worries oh. me a little bit, but he has good stuff. <laughs> He's got great stuff. He just doesn't know where the ball's going. Um, Madsen, I'm. You know what? I, I I'm fine with Madsen. I mean. It, there's only I only want Durbin pitching, Madsen, Contreras, say it, and say Mitch. It. It, you know, and that and I hesitate to say a lot of like three or four of those names. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you well, you're right when you start getting to Romero, Baez, Hernan, you're just like oh, you're just like I felt bad for Roy Oswald last night. You know, I, I didn't I don't think he pitched a, like a great game. You know, for three of those innings, he looked fantastic. For the other, you know, three and some change, he, you know, he was throwing a lot of pitches, a lot of three-two counts. But you know, you know, he he pitched a good game, two nothing. You know, it, this team's struggling. You know, it, you know, you want to win two nothing games. You want to win three one games when your when your starters are out like they are with the Phillies. And then you come in and Romero's just like walk, walk, hit, bam, it's tied. You're just <laughs> and you're just like. Yeah, it's that easy for this bullpen to just blow a lead. So, the, the, the steroids had to be an issue. He has not been good since his suspension uh, for was it performance-enhancing drugs or you know banned substances. I don't know if it was specifically steroids. He's been terrible since then. He was phenomenal in OA, and he was he was one of the reasons they they got a world championship. So you get that, but he can't even find the strike zone right now. I mean, if you talk to people that are pitched, you have two main things: locate your fastball. And then if you have good, if you can, if you can uh, hide your off-speed stuff and disguise it a little bit, and you'll be okay. He he can't locate his fastball. I don't care what other pitches he's got. I mean, why would you why would you swing at anything he throws? <laughs> There's no so reason to unless it's, a, unless it's teed up right down the middle of the plate. But but speaking of this this Phillies Marlins series, I did want to make a, a point because I haven't. I want to know if you noticed this also. As we're heading to a break, I do want to get this out because I want to spend more time on football because I'm all excited about football. Um, have you seen team defense this horrific? Like from the Marlins are such a joke on defense. I mean, I don't know if their fundamentals are that poor or if they just have mailed it in like Hanley Ramirez seems to do or it's some combination of both. Have you seen anything like this? No, it, it was awful. And, and that, that's another thing that you know, we might take advantage of, I mean, th- this Phillies team, you know, usually plays solid defense. And, and even that goes back to Carlos Ruiz. We talk about his clutchness lately and his hits, and he's up to 298 in his average. But behind the plate, nothing gets by this guy. No. You know, a ball in the dirt he catches last night that, that, that pits that almost hit the marlin that went over his back, he caught I mean, with a guy on third base. I mean, it, the, the defense for the Phillies, you know, wins them games sometimes. And the defense for the Marlins, it loses them games sometimes, and that's a big it's, difference. It's shameful how bad it is that, that they put that out there. But speaking of defense, and, and anybody out here is listening to it, you if, if you're not following the Phillies, you have to find a way to flip a game on just to see if Dom Brown 
throws one in from the outfield. I mean, Victorino's got a nice arm. Jason Worth has a great arm. Dom Brown has an absolute cannon out there. I mean, the camera guy can't really keep up with it when he throws it in. I mean, that guy, who was it he threw out uh, two nights ago? I mean, talk about dead to rights. I don't know who sent that guy, but he'll never do it again. Do not test this kid. I mean, this kid, this kid's got physical tools. Very important. Very important. So I, I don't think anyone's testing his his arm anytime soon. Uh, but that's another thing too. That we'll be getting into him more as we go, uh, because the, the the legend of Dom Brown is growing. This kid was was he rated like the number one overall prospect in all of baseball, and now that he's officially up to the Phillies, I think that means that they officially have no farm system left because he's now with the team. But um, but yeah, so that, that's the deal with the Phillies. And we'll be talking with them on, on the shows as we go. The, they, they clearly look like they're, they're making a move uh, and they're going to make a run in Atlanta. Can't falter right now. And they have it the past couple of days and they really can't afford to because uh, they can hear the Phillies are two games back. But we got to take a break and we're going to come back and get into some football. So we'll be right back here on G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back here on G-Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. I'm joined this evening by Mr. Michael Perry from OTRSportsOnline.com. 
And uh, obviously gotten a little bit Phillies, and this is te- I guess it's technically cool. You know what? All right, before we get into football, I I know you're a big fan of this, guys, and would be nothing. You're probably just thrilled that he's back in the NBA. And I don't know if you guys saw this today. The Knicks announced today, and someone's got to explain this. Perry, your job tonight is to explain this to me because I don't get it. I mean, the Knicks are an absolute train wreck, and it's it's almost like they don't get how it how it happens like you do you not see the types of decisions that you make that lead to you being awful they they brought isaiah thomas back as a consultant i guess it's like a part-time consulting role because he was obviously so good as a head coach and team president who wouldn't want this guy back given his opinion and he right now he's the uh, the head coach of florida international's men's team basketball or whatever i guess i'm assuming it's basketball who knows? They could have him coaching field hockey at this point. They were seven and twenty-five last year, so I mean, clearly, he's had that impact. Uh, obviously, they're headed in the right direction. The NBA is actually looking into this because they want to see if there's an issue with, you know, can he be a full-time head coach in college and a consultant? But yeah, I don't care about that. The fact that the Knicks would even have internal discussions about letting Isaiah in the building. How? How? Perry, why, why would why would they even want any parts of this guy? Okay, first, how dare you put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, that was a ridiculous two, three, four years that he was with the Knicks. Well, that was ridiculous. Um, my only explanation is that the Knicks have a ton of money to spend, and they don't know how to spend it. They don't know what to do with it. They have no clue what to do with it because they didn't get LeBron, they didn't get Dwayne Wade, they didn't get Chris Bosh. And uh, you know, who knows about these rumors about Carmelo Anthony and Tony Parker and Chris Paul or whatever. You, don't, you never know what to believe these days. But they, they have a ton of money to spend, so who better to spend it than Isaiah Thomas? I mean, he could spend that. He could sign you know, two second-tier guys and just wipe out all their money, just like that. Max contracts with no trade clauses. Yeah, you know why? Why don't you bring back stuff? You know, Stephon Marbury. Maybe you know, why not? If you're bringing back Isaiah, bring back Stephon. <laughs> oh my God! It says a quote from a joint quote from uh, Chairman James Dolan and Team President Donnie Walsh. Isaiah Thomas brings unique experience as a Hall of Fame player, coach, executive, and owner, and we believe him. <laughs> Having him as part of our organization will be extremely beneficial to the team's success. You know, was he laughing when he said it? Like was yeah, he like holding he, his sides and just like giggling, peering out of his eyes because he was laughing so hard? Yeah, that, that was probably like taken from like a, a Larry Brown post like four years ago, and he just substituted Isaiah Thomas's name for it. He probably had no clue what to say. What do you say about that? They trimmed the PR department. I don't know who's going to write this press release. We'll just find an old one and substitute his name in there. <laughs> just get an old one. That's just <laughs> Hall of Fame player. Stop right there. Stop right there, James and Donnie. <laughs> Coach, executive, and owner. Like, Hall of Fame doesn't go with the rest of those. So, I don't know. I just thought this was absolutely hysterical. Um, but we can move on. I just – I just, I, it's, you know what? It's one of those things, Perry, when you read it or you see that, it makes you think that you're the one that's the biggest idiot in the world for not understanding something like that. Like, I feel stupid when I see that because I'm thinking everybody else must get it but me. <laughs> I think a lot of people just read that and are staring at it. And they're just like, wait, what? <laughs> they glazed over it. But, but anyway, you know, 
I, I definitely want to get into football. Eagles are in training camp. Everybody's in training camp. Um, it is an awesome time of the year. It, I might like this time of year better than the actual season because you're just getting back in. All this exciting stuff's happened with the team. It's fantasy draft season. Oh, huge fantasy draft. I mean, that's like Christmas. So I just absolutely love it. The position battles, all of it. Especially when, if you're an Eagles fan, they might be mathematically eliminated by October. You know, we have hope right now. You know, we might not in October, November. But the one of the things I wanted to start off, because I know this is a big topic with people, and honestly, I'm sick of talking about the guy, but the Michael Vick thing. It was like a month ago, there were reports that he will not be dis- disciplined for his having the birthday party. And now, this weekend, it's like Roger Goodell confirms he will not be... How many times do we need to hear? Yeah, I got it. You told us this already. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that bugs me is when the Eagles signed him... Now, look, first of all, nobody thinks he had anything to do with the shooting, do they? Is that safe to say? No. No. I don't think anybody thinks that. So That's that's not the point, but yeah. It's not the point. And for Jeffrey Lurie to come out and say, boy, you know, it was a lapse in judgment... And I don't want to crucify anyone for a lapse in judgment when, uh, you know, he wasn't part of it and the facts say he wasn't a part of it. Go back to that press conference when they signed him. Look at the look on Jerry, uh, Jeffrey Lurie's face. He was like a beaten man for even having to do this, and he will, he will be held to the highest of high standards. He is going to, you know, no room for error. That's not really true, is it? Because he had a lapse in judgment. That's an error. But before, there was no room. So there is some room. So you, you weren't telling the complete truth. There was this lapse in judgment. Here's the big problem I have that, oh, boy, I don't know how they just overlook it and say, well, he wasn't involved with the shooting. He, as part of his federal probation, he is not allowed to associate with any convicted felons, including the four guys, uh, well, his co-defendants, was it Pernell Peace, Qantas Phillips, I think, and Tony Taylor. I, can, I, I think pretty sure that's right. But Qantas Phillips is his cousin who was at that party. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know that, what it takes to trigger the association. If I walk by you in a mall and I say, hi, is that associating with you? Probably not. If we have lunch together, is that associating? Yes. So we probably agree the answer somewhere in between. The fact that this guy is at his birthday party, did anyone find out to what extent he knew he would be there? Did he talk to him while he was there? He could have violated his federal probation. I mean, this is a big, big deal. And they were kind of like, well, it was just a lapse in judgment. I mean, does it bother you at all, Perry? I don't understand it. And, you know, I figure that, that there's other, you know, the police understand it more than me, the Eagles understand it more than me. But, I mean, I don't understand it. It's, it's like if the Knicks hired Isaiah Thomas. You know, <laughs> would you understand if that happened? No, it's the same thing. But what? I yeah. I mean, he he violated federal probation. You know, it's he like, very well could have. I don't know that he did for sure. Right. But and here's, here's, here's the one thing that, that that bothers me about this whole Vic on the Eagles thing. Vic on the Eagles is completely irrelevant. This team's success has nothing to do with Vic. You right. know. They they turn they 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 turn the ball over to Kevin Cobb. How Kevin Cobb plays is how this team is going to succeed. Are we we're going to see Vic what like once or twice a game that he comes in and runs for two yards and then runs for one yard and gets out. Same thing as last year. Yeah. And having Vic on your team, all it causes is 
controversy, people talking about Vic, and then it it causes a, a group of people to say, oh, Vic should be starting over Cobb because, uh, you know, uh, Vic Ugh. took his team to the playoffs and he's awesome and, you know, he's super fast and he throws the ball so hard. And that, that's all <laughs> that exactly Vic right. having on a team causes. It's like you want to talk about the Eagles' success, you're talking about Kevin Cobb. It has nothing to do with Vic. He's the backup quarterback. He's never going to be the starter for this team. So for someone to bring so much controversy, so much talk, and so much annoyingness, why is he here? You could simply have another backup quarterback on this team, and we would be smooth sound right now. We wouldn't be talking about all this gibberish. Is Jeff Garcia that much of an awful option? Because I was listening. uh, Ray Didinger was a guest on, on WIP on... I don't know. The other day, I was I was driving. I was heading up to training camp to Lehigh, and they asked him, you know, Ray, you've seen a lot of this stuff, and you know, Ray Didinger. If anyone doesn't know who that is, is a Hall of Fame journalist, and maybe knows more about football and the history of the NFL than anybody on the planet. Um, and they asked him. They said, "Well, if something happens to Cobb, can this, can Vic run this offense?" He's like, "Nope." <laughs> he just says, "Nope." <laughs> he can't run this offense. He can't. They would have to change it significantly. Would they change it? Sure, they would. But that's kind of a big game plan change. You know, if something were to happen during the season, if it gets down to your third quarterback, like an A.J. Feely situation in 2002, you go, look, we're just going to do what we can. You lost your top two quarterbacks. We'll figure something out. They had a chance to plan better for this. They didn't, they didn't have to stick with Vic. You know, they Vic never ran an offense in Atlanta. You know, Vic was Vic. You know, he he'd, he'd stepped back. Tucked the ball, ran, you know, step back, threw the ball to the other team. You know, <laughs> this, this guy's this this guy cannot play quarterback. You know, I, he's, yeah, he's he, super fast. He's a great athlete. He's this. He's that. But he's not. He he's not your NFL quarterback. He's not. Well, he can play quarterback, but I don't think he's the guy you want to get you anywhere. It, you know, especially he's running a complex NFL. offense like the Eagles do. No, he could. You're right. Exactly right. But. I, I remember him admitting after the NFC Championship game loss to the Eagles, I, I forget, it was probably a few months afterwards. I mean, it could have been even longer than that. And he was like, yeah, it's kind of admitted that he didn't take it as seriously as he should have because he thought it would be a lot easier to keep getting back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I mean, oh, my, like that's not, that's not what you want. I mean, and then you mentioned it, too, that this, this offense requires you to go through your progressions, not – not stare down the primary receiver, and if he's covered, run. It it can be fun to watch. He, you know, he's almost like the Allen Iverson of football. You can you can win games with him if you have Michael Vick as your quarterback. You have a chance to win the game for sure. You know, when you had Allen Iverson on your team, you, there was you could win. You had a, a chance every night to win a game. Does that mean that's conducive to long term success and the ultimate goal? Nope. <laughs> Quite the opposite. So I do understand, you know, I, I did see Vic a little bit uh, yesterday at Lehigh. You know, even in even in drills where they weren't even trying hard. I mean, he just telegraphing these screens. As soon as he would look to the side, you could hear the defenders going, screen, screen, screen. <laughs> and he threw it anyway, and they'd break it up. I was like, oh, boy. I mean, I know this. it wasn't hardcore drills or anything like that, but he's he's a physical talent that, probably shouldn't be leading this team. And and, and the, the fact that they couldn't find anyone to trade for him kind of tells you something, too. I mean, who were they competing with to sign him last year? 
No one. Yeah. And how many teams in the NFL don't have a quarterback? <laughs> Enough that you would think that they'd be interested. Right. If Vic is be interested. this superhuman, this good, how come nobody else wants him? It is. It's mind-boggling. And the Vic people, they get so sensitive. If you criticize him at all, they're all you're hating. Yeah, and that's what I don't understand. I, I, what, why, are, why are you just so sensitive about Vic? I don't know. It, it's something that people just defend him to no end. And I don't know. I think they just they fall in love with the rocket arm. And, then the, the, and he's obviously very fast and quick. He's fun to watch. It's just not conducive <laughs> to winning long term. But, look, we've got to take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll chat more Eagles, a little more football. Very excited about that. We will uh, we'll be right back. G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back here on G Cobb in the house talking a little football. I'm Michael Warren, along with Michael Perry. And uh, we were talking about Eagles. But let's get, let's get a little more into the NFL here. Let's start looking at some of these divisions. I, I love, I've said it before, I love training camp. I love getting ready for this stuff. we got preseason football coming up soon, which is sometimes even more exciting for me than, than the uh, opening week, just because it's the first real 
some sort of football that we've seen since the Super Bowl. So at least for ten minutes in the first four, you know, the first quarter, I get excited, and then you know they start bringing out you know Steve Trikosek and all these who I don't even know who these people are. I'm going to watch something else. But you know what's perfect for that, Perry? I got a little tip. I got a tip for you. I got a tip for our listeners. Now, you remember, and you've always said, sports does not work on the DVR. If you've got your TiVo, your DVR, sports doesn't seem to work. Because you record the game, and inevitably one of your friends texts you, oh, my God, I can't believe they won. And you're like, come on, man. And so it always somehow, you always somehow find out it gets ruined, and then you can't watch the game if you know what happens. Preseason football is awesome on the DVR. You just flip right through. There's so much you don't care about. It's awesome. Just record a bunch of them, and then you got something to watch. I don't flip through. Perfect. So there's my little tip for you today, Perry. Yeah, three seasons are a little bit more about just the, just the game. You need to you need to watch all these young guys. You got to see what's up. I agree. That's a good tip. Yeah, and and, and it's a good idea because especially even in the f- fourth quarter, early on in the preseason, it does get a little ridiculous. You know, it's good to watch the young guys. But it gets to a point where it's like, all right, this is <laughs> none of these guys are making a roster. But so let, let's take a look. I mean. The uh, the NFC East got shaken up a little bit this year. You may have heard the Eagles traded McNabb to the Redskins um, for not much else in return. Where do you see the division right now? The Cowboys still got to be top. The Giants nobody's talking about, and I think that's a mistake. The Eagles are a huge question mark because they have a quarterback. Everyone thinks can play, but they don't know for sure. The Redskins finally have a quarterback. I don't think they have anyone outside of Chris Cooley that can catch the ball. Maybe Santana Moss. Um their offensive line isn't great. It might be a little better than last year. Where do you see these four teams right now? Well, you, you, I guess you got to put Dallas number one. But you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a fan of that team. I, I saw what Minnesota did to them last year in the playoffs, and I think if they faced off against Minnesota again, Minnesota would do the same thing. Yeah, you know, Dallas has some weaknesses. Um. Man, the Eagles. I, I think the Eagles could could win five games and they could win eleven games. Right. You just don't know what you're getting with this team at all. You don't. With with the Giants, like you said, there's no, there's nobody talking about the Giants, but the Giants are always there. They're always there. And uh, and the Redskins. Man, you, you basically have the Dallas Cowboys, and you have three teams who are, you know, <laughs> the, one of those three teams is going to be good. I think I don't know which one of those teams is going to be good, but one of those teams is going to be good, and they're going to contend with the Cowboys. I think. Well, the the Giants I think are in best position because I really do believe their lines are better than uh, the Redskins and the Eagles. Uh, if they can keep their offensive line healthy, uh, I think they can have a good old line. They run the ball really well, and I don't know if you saw this. I don't know what to make of this. If there's excuse me anything to be made of this right now, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw has been running a lot with the ones. Uh, Jacobs, they're saying, has been taking snaps with the first team, but the Bradshaw's been out there first every day. Well, interesting to you? Yeah. I, you know what? Brandon Jacobs did not have a good year last year, and Ahmad looked like he had a, a little bit more going on. So does it surprise me? I don't know. I don't think it does. I, uh, I, I think uh, Ahmad's the, the better choice of those two right there, and maybe just bring in uh, – Brandon Jacobs as your goal line back, your third down back, and make Ahmad your featured back. Yeah, and that might happen. <laughs> that might happen. I mean, but that just tells you how far Brandon Jacobs has fallen. And he's always banged up. Who knows? Maybe they're just resting him and not giving him reps. We don't know. Uh, in Washington, 
Uh, speaking of running backs, uh, I was reading a report today where really part you got you got uh, Quentin Portis is is expected to be the main guy. There was one longtime Redskins writer that said uh, he thinks Larry Johnson at the end will end up with the most carries. Unless Quentin Portis gets hurt, I, I don't know if I buy that. Although some people have said Larry Johnson has shown a little bit of a burst, I will believe that when I see it. <laughs> but they're saying Willie Parker is hardly getting any reps, and that he might be even getting less than Ryan Terrain. How does he make this team? Yeah, see, that's surprising to me. You know, a little bit, Clint, right? Clint Portis, you know, he's been so durable. Last year he got a little injured, but, you know, every year you're just like, is this Clinton Portis? Is this where he's going to break down? He seems to run for a 1,000 again, a 1,000 here. So Portis doesn't surprise me that, you know, he'll he'll be the – He'll be a featured back. Larry Johnson, I it, I, I just think he's done. I, I think he lost a step, and he he was overworked in Kansas City. I think he's done. I I thought Willie Parker would have, uh, out of him and Larry Johnson, would have been a guy that would have been a good mix to be with Clinton Portis. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> I, so that completely surprises me that Willie Parker is, isn't getting the carries and, and Ryan Terrain getting uh, getting ahead of him. Yeah, and Parker's looked like he's been running in mud a little bit lately uh, the last yeah, couple of years. He has, but who, who's looked more in mud? <laughs> Larry well, Johnson or Willie Parker? At least Willie Parker had looked like he still had a speed burst. I mean, you, you remember watching Eddie George at the end of his career? That's what Larry oh. Johnson reminds me of right now. You know, just yeah. you know, one long stride and then bam, gets tackled. Because <laughs> when it goes, and, and it, it's just it's just the case with running backs. When it goes, it goes. I mean, yeah. the the amount of pounding they're asked to take. I mean, Eddie George and Larry Johnson. I mean, even I watch Adrian Peterson. When's it going to go? How long can you run like that? Marion Barber breaks down all the time. I mean, as, as fans and observers of the game, we love to watch it, and it's like, oh, watching Marion Barber is a lot of fun. But you want to look at that pragmatically. You go, that, that can't last very long. And, and with Larry Johnson, that seems to, to have been the case. Uh, Parker, you know, we'll see, but if he's not getting the reps, when you have that many running backs, there's only so many reps to go about, and they're still talking about the doors not closed on bringing in Brian Westbrook. <laughs> so it looks like McNabb's going to have a running game to work with for the first time in his career, so he's got that going. Um, Washington, you know what, and, and I don't get into wide receivers as much as other people. I think a lot of people, they, they, they say, oh, this team's good. they got this guy and this guy at wide receiver. I'm like, that's not really the first thing I think of, because if you can't block for your quarterback, I don't care who's out there. Andre Johnson... What did he do early on in his career? Nothing, because David Carr was flat on his back. Um, and, and you look at Don McNabb in his you know, first eight years of his career, you think that if you threw Santana Moss on his team that he would have been happy? Yeah, now he's got Santana Moss, uh, old Santana. Yeah, I mean, uh, old Santana is still, still, still a better wide receiver than any of the guys that McNabb had when he was starting early in his career. <laughs> Todd Pinkston, you trying to say Nate Brown wasn't good? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to say that. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, you look at their, their, their second-round picks from 08, uh, two of the guys, Malcolm Kelly and Devin Thomas, wide receivers. These guys are not – they might not make the team. They might not even make the team. And what I saw, Malcolm Kelly can't get separation. He can't stay healthy. Uh, Devin Thomas just doesn't even seem interested in, in learning and doing what he's supposed to be doing. I saw Malcolm Kelly is behind Joey Galloway who, for whatever reason, that guy continues to just run. I mean, he is so fast. Even, you know, he's going to be 50 years old and still a burner. 
and Roy Dell Williams. Roy Dell Williams hasn't played fully hasn't been in the league in two years, and Malcolm Kelly's behind him on the depth chart. I don't know who they're going to have. They're going to have to rely on Cooley and, and, and Fred Evans or Fred Davis. This, Maybe this is why the Redskins trade their draft picks, because, you know, <laughs> this is what they do with them. They might as well trade them. <laughs> You're exactly right. Maybe they just know themselves better than anybody else, and we're all the idiots. They're like, oh, you traded your draft picks again, your entire draft, huh, Dan? Yeah, but we uh, would have drafted Malcolm Kelly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I still do like their defense okay, but they just have too many question marks on offense. It, it, I love that they got Donovan. That makes them instantly a better team. I just think they have too many other holes. They might. And you know what, Mike? How do we talk about the Redskins and not even bring up Albert Hainsworth's name? I mean, oh, what is gotta, going on with him? Oh, we got I mean, How does that happen? <laughs> how does that happen? I mean, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it, I mean, it makes sense to me. Guy gets twenty-one million, and he's just like, all right, I got twenty-one million. I don't feel like playing football anymore. <laughs> I almost this guy doesn't want to play football. He got his money. That's all he wants. It's that obvious. And I, 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 I can't exactly say I blame someone for getting that much dough and then be like, all right, well, I'm done. <laughs> you know what? But here's why. Here's why I blame the Washington Redskins and not Albert Hainsworth. Um, because as you know, everyone knows he. You know, several team sources told Jason Reed of the Washington Post uh, yesterday that they're just fed up with him not passing this conditioning test. And he's milking the knee. The MRI came back negative, but it's kind of tough because how, how can you tell how bad someone's hurt? The Eagles went through it with Sean Andrews. Can't say a guy is or isn't hurt. So they're, they're fed up that he won't take this conditioning test. And it's probably his way of saying, screw you and your conditioning test. Nobody else had to take it. Oh, my knee hurts. I can't do it. It's this it's this back and forth. The ball is now in, in, in the Redskins' court. But the reason why I blame them, you had to know what you were getting. There, it's not like you just drafted this kid out of college and was like, oh well, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't have all the information of how he would be at the pro level. You know exactly how he is at the pro level. He didn't play hard until he was in contract years. Yes, he dominated in those years. Look at the rest of his career. He didn't do anything. The, the funny thing about this is. is is the amount of money that he signed for and the Redskins paid for? Let, let's say they're just they just had it. They're like, all right, we're giving you your money. You're gone. How, Albert Hainsworth probably won't even sign for a million dollars a year for any other team. <laughs> it would no, you know, and, and I think the lesson that if it wasn't learned in Tennessee is clearly learned by the NFL now is he has to be on one year incentive laden deal. <laughs> yeah, if you come out and you bust it for us. I'll give you twelve million. You know, yeah, you do a really good job. I want, I want security that if you come out and start complaining about our base defense, and you know, you don't want to do this or that, you'll get veteran minimum. I mean, obviously those are extremes, but how could you have him on any other type of deal? He's only played well on incentive in incentive years. Yeah, and that's the same thing as T.O. right now. Same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, and he's been behaving himself. Um, but the thing with Hainsworth, I mean, this guy, he's got his own teammates pretty much calling him out in the media. Like, that, that, you don't see that very often. No. And it, no one wants any part of this guy. And he, he's really got the Redskins. He's got them. And I, I'm curious to see what they do next. I want to see what Shanahan's next move is with this guy. And as, a, as an observer, I kind of just want to watch the circus unfold. And <laughs> 
It's, I think it's going to be a good time. But look, we got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll finish up maybe some NFC West or some, uh, you know, look at some other divisions. Uh, but we'll be right back here on G Cobb in the house on Voice America Sports Company. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison, featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We're back here to wrap things up on G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Michael Perry talking some football. Um, boy, the Redskins are fun to talk about. i got to admit that. Um, but, you know, the other division I'm really intrigued by is the NFC West. And like I said, I was listening to Didinger the other day, and he had picked – he was picking the Cardinals to come out of that uh, – out of that division, I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are Arizona-based because that's where that's where we're, where we're out of. Um, so don't get offended, Cardinals fans. But I, God, I have a tough time thinking. So it's one of those things where I look, I, I sit and think about the Cardinals. And say, man, how can they win that division? Then you kind of look at the rest of the division and go, well, <laughs> there's, there's ways that can happen because the rest the rest of the division is just is awful. But you lose Kurt Warner. Antrail Roll, Anquan Bolden, Carlos Dansby. Uh, at what point does that have an effect on you? I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a big Leinart guy. I'm just not a Matt Leinart fan. Uh, I don't think he's the guy because if he was, they, they'd have had him in there a while ago. And every time he comes in, and any, any chances he's gotten in the NFL, it just, eh, it's not. He's I don't know. He just doesn't inspire confidence as far as I'm concerned. The Niners, I want to love the Niners. They got some players I absolutely love. I don't know if I can trust a quarterback in Alex Smith that can only operate out of the shotgun. Oh, I mean, what, what do you think about the division? I mean, you, you think Seattle comes back? I, I think it's man. One of those teams is going to finish eight and eight and win that division. And it's I don't know. I, I would I would say I, I don't understand why people would put the Cardinals. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Liner at all. Um, I I don't think I don't I think that team is going downhill very very quick right now. I I would say that division is going to be between the the 49ers and how good Seattle is going to be. I, I I honestly think the 49ers have that division, but not in like a 10 and six, 11 and five sort of way. But I think I think it's going to be like an eight and eight, nine and seven take the division sort of way. I think it will, and I think everyone's going to be impressed with Michael Crabtree. Honestly, I already am, seeing some of the things that he did last year. But you're only as good. I mean, if your quarterback can't get you the ball, what difference does it make? You know, so he likes Vernon Davis. He seems to do well with Vernon Davis. Uh, Crabtree will help him with that. I... Boy, I shouldn't have gotten started on this one because now I'm making well, here, Here's a question for you. All right, who do you think, who do you think, which receiver do you think will have a better year with the quarterback that's thrown to him? Alex Smith to Michael Crabtree, or your boy, Meg- your boy Megatron over there with Matthew Stafford? Megatron. Uh, Stafford showed me a little bit. He showed enough last year that I think he could be a good quarterback. Alex Smith has shown us stuff, and I don't like what he's shown us. <laughs> he's, he's definitely shown us things, and I didn't always like what I saw. Um, I just want to. Uh, I hear there's an OTR update right now that uh, that Carlos Ruiz is up with the bases loaded. I oh, was he really? Throw that out there. First inning, Carlos Ruiz up with the bases loaded. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah, I'll keep you up to date with that. 
Yeah, keep, keep let's, get, let's get let's get back. Let's let's move to uh, let's move to that NFC South. All right. Is that even up for debate? I don't know. What do you think about Tampa Bay this year? <laughs> you know, what? I, I do have to say I like Josh Freeman. Um, I think he I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be okay. I like the little bit of Josh Johnson, the the kid that uh, played for a little bit. I mean, still made mistakes, but he he made some impressive throws. I think Tampa Bay is getting better. Um, I've heard Aurelius Ben, the rookie, is starting to show a little more, but so far he's been a disappointment in this offseason. Uh, they're saying, uh, you know, fourth-round pick Mike Williams could be starting over him. That's kind of a problem. Um, the offensive line, oh, yeah, Tampa Bay, I can't uh, – they'd probably last in the division. I don't know how – I mean, the Saints don't have a great defense, but their offense is so potent. I mean, how do you think Atlanta's overtaking them? Do you think Matt Moore is all of a sudden – Matt Moore ended the year very well for the Panthers. And Chooch struck out. Way to go, Perry. Yeah, so two, yeah I know. Two, <laughs> it was a bad call, even though he swung a miss. Um, the Carolina Panthers, do you, do you see Matt Moore starting the whole season, or do you see Jimmy Clausen coming in? From what I've heard of in Carolina Panthers camp is that Matt Moore is clearly the best quarterback on that team. Mm-hmm. And that right now he's heads and above. And that has to be expected. Jimmy Clawson, you know, he's a rookie. Yeah, it doesn't surprise um, me. Uh, it's, Matt, it's Matt Moore's job to lose. It really is. And, I, and I, if he falters, he'll probably get one or two games. He's going to falter. Then they're going to start. You know, they'll put Clawson in and see what they've got. Um. But I, I have confidence. I think I think he, I think he could be all right for the entire season. I mean, I like how do you like Matt, like, uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta? Atlanta's got a nice squad. I just don't see anybody beating the Saints. Yeah, wouldn't that, that, wouldn't that, that, that Atlanta be? that Atlanta team two years ago um, playing pretty well, but wasn't a believer. And then last year kind of took a step back. This year, this year, I think it's a. I think it's one of those years for Atlanta. You know, they got they got to show up, or they got to they got to they got some problems. You know. Yeah, I mean, you have to think. Uh, you, you you hope Michael Turner has a bounce back year. I'm a huge yeah, Roddy White year. fan. I, I would say Matt Ryan had a down year last year. He's hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, if they have another down year, I don't really well, like that team they anymore. Have you know. To take over, they have the upside to take out the Saints, don't they? The upside. Yeah, it's upside. Who do you take in the South? That's a pretty easy one, right? Yeah, I guess we're, we're sticking with the Saints on that? Yeah, that's pretty easy. The Saints have to have that. Unless Tampa Bay. You know, you never know. <laughs> no, I think Unless the Tampa Bay, yeah. If, if they I, get more wins than the Saints, they could pull then, it off. Then they could be, they could be a problem. But, uh, look, we got to run. That's our show for this week. We will be back next week. Michael Perry would like to thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm Michael Warren. We'll see you guys next week on GCOB in the house on voiceamericasports.com. Have a good one, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.